Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, she hasn't even reached her 30th birthday yet, but her effervescent songs like Hold Me and You Lead have already been blessing us for years. Now, this twice Grammy-nominated CCM recording artist and songwriter is encouraging so many as an actress. Jamie Grace stars in the brand new Pure Flix production, The Beverly's, available now on the streaming service. And we're so glad to have her on the road today. Welcome aboard, Jamie. How are things on this fine day? <laughs> it's going pretty good. Um, I'm organizing my daughter's drawers right now, which is my favorite hobby. And so I'm doing very well. <laughs> Had you previously ever imagined a scenario where organizing your daughter's drawers would be your favorite thing? You know, I wish that I could say no, but um, sadly, this is this is probably one of the biggest dreams I've ever gotten to live out. Um, I, I've always I've always been that person. Like when I would go to sleepovers, I would just start organizing my friend's closets because I'm super weird. <laughs> And so um, I've always kind of like imagined, like I could say like, oh no, and I probably do say it's not been a big dream of mine just to sound normal. Um, but no, it, this is like, I'm, I'm living my best life. I've, I've jumped as a day for at least 15 years. No, you know, I kind of understand that though. In all fairness, just to come to your defense a little bit, there's something, even if you're just reorganizing your room, moving the furniture around, there is something, a satisfaction that comes with reorganization that is very real. I mean, yeah. And the thing that's cool about it too is that she grows really fast. And so every two to three months, I'm having to like go on the rotation. And now I'm like moving all the six month onesies to the top drawer. And I'm like, ooh, what color do we have for this cycle? It's, it's pretty great. Let's talk first off about the new Pure Flix series, The Beverly's, uh, a musical comedy for all ages. You've got this group of girls chasing their musical dreams, and you play this sage musical mentor. Can you unpack this story for us a bit? Yeah, you know, it, it's a really exciting role. I remember um, I got an email a, a while back before we were filming, of course, and it was from David Ayer White from Pure Flix, and he was just saying, we'd like for you to be a part of the project. And I thought that was cool initially, but the reason why I really jumped on the film, or the project rather, was because of three things. They said foster care, which to me, foster care and family are just as beautiful. So I said, I said foster care, and then it said music, and it said comedy. And I, I, I forwarded the email to my manager right away, and then I called my manager right away, and I was like, hey, 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 did you get my email that I sent <laughs> two seconds ago? Like, hey, 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 because I, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do, and then she thought, and she knew that it was something I had to do. Um, and that's really the, the core of this show. It's a, it's a show about family that, that comes together in a way that you wouldn't expect. Um, it's about music, these young girls finding their passion for music, um, and then myself, who plays their mentor and their manager, helping them curate that sound and that style. Um, and then it's about, co- it's a comedy. So it's this really cool, um, you know, twist on some very serious topics that will really have the whole family laughing. So it's, it's a really cool, um, it's a really cool project. Could I just to, before we unpack it a little bit more, salute you for the use of the word curate. That is a tremendous word. It is. I don't know why I like that word so much. My mom uses it a lot. Her vocabulary <laughs> is 
is incredible. So I try to like take notes and like, ooh, mom said that. Write it down, look it up, use it next week. So <laughs> I should oh. probably take more credit, but I, I won't. <laughs> That's <laughs> no. You've obviously had some amazing artists who've taking the time to reach into your career and invest in you as a person and as an artist. Is that a pretty fun role to take on to be portraying somebody who's doing that for someone else? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool because there are elements of it where it, it was on the show. Yes. But it also would bleed into real life because when we were in between takes, you know, the girls would be like, there was, there was a one scene in particular where I was singing and playing guitar and um, in between takes, the girls kept saying, how'd you do that? How long do you play guitar? How can I learn? What do you like? You know, they kept asking me questions, and I was like, "This is like it's literally like the show because they actually want to know more about the music business." Mm-hmm. You know, the girls were—they're all very talented um, when it comes to singing, dancing, and acting. But some of them were new to certain elements of that, and so um, dancing, I definitely could not help them at, at all. But yeah, there were definitely moments where they were like, "Well, you have a YouTube channel, so how do I do that? What is that?" <laughs> that doesn't, like, or like if they said something funny, that you like because they know that I've been in comedy for a while, and so you like was that funny? Did I do a good job? How was that? And it, it, it is really cool. It's, it's really exciting. I, I love to be able to be um, even, you know, back home and, and, you know, growing up in the church and stuff like that. Like I, I've always been, I've always taken it very seriously to get to be a, a mentor, um, a role model, whether it's like a full on, you know, like I'm the first call that this middle schooler makes when she's having a rough day or whether it's just giving a random piece of advice to someone younger than you that have always considered it to be a really uh, significant privilege. We're talking with Jamie Grace today. She's a twice Grammy-nominated CCM recording artist, a songwriter, an actress from the brand-new Pure Flix production, The Beverly's. And you talk a little bit about why family and adoption and foster care is front and center. Unpack your heart for that a little bit, because it was quite clear when you were talking about it, that it's something you're, you're very passionate about. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, um, my parents, they were, um, my mom was taking in children and, and my, my dad was like, they, they were just, it was a very unique family dynamic. They, there was a young girl that my mom took in and my, my parents were only engaged. And so when my dad would come over to visit. He was, you know, he was investing in, in the young girl's life as well. Um, and, you know, now my parents have been married for like ever. Um, and she is, <laughs> and she's actually still a part of our lives and she spent holidays with us and everything. And we consider my sister, my biological sister and I consider her like our, one of our big sisters. And so that's, that's really cool. And that continued once my parents got married, they continued to open their home up um, to children as well, you know, foster care, the, the goal of foster care is reunification. The The intention is for a child to have somewhere safe to be while their parents are preparing to be reunified with, or sorry, reunited with their child. And so when I was growing up, my parents were that home. They were never licensed foster parents, but they are pastors. And because we lived in a small town, they were oftentimes that call in between the parent um, and the foster care system. And, um, the, the police officers when there were really um, dangerous acts going on. And my parents would be the late night call of saying, hey, this is care that your child can go into and they will work with you um, while you're in rehab or while you're incarcerated to help you prepare to be reunited with your child. And so that was a very normal part of my childhood, having a little brother or a little sister for three months, for six months, uh, for even two to three years at a time. Um, and I didn't realize that that wasn't a part of everyone's childhood. Um, <laughs> but I was always just so, I, I loved it. I mean, 
who doesn't want someone else to play with at home, um, but while you're also learning about the difficult things that they're going through and then knowing that you get to be a part of extending love to them while they're going through a challenging time, but also accepting that they're human and they're really cool too. And it's not all about like, ooh, how can I help this kid? But like, oh, they taught me how to play basketball and I didn't know how to do that. So like I have this new friend that teaches me things. Like there's so many beautiful dynamics to our unique ever-changing family growing up and as I got older I just I knew that that was something that God was calling um me to do as well um also just on that note not sure if you heard that fun little sound in the background that was my five-month-old um she she wanted to say amen to that uh she would like the family to grow um and so that's just kind of how I've always anticipated my family dynamic being and and when I got married my husband and I as well but one thing that we do like to encourage people to think about is that it's not always about, you know, like, because I sometimes feel the pressure to, like, I want to be like my parents, but, like, I can't be like anybody else. And I feel that pressure of, like, if I want to make a difference, then I have to go take in 20 foster kids and I have to do this. You know, like, you feel like you have to do these huge gestures just to make a difference in the life of a child. Of course. But not everybody is going to be a foster parent. My character in the Beverly's, she's not a mom. She's, like, a 20-year-old aspiring songwriter that's just trying to, change the world with music and then she gets the chance to mentor these young girls and um you know my husband and i right now we're not foster parents but we have the privilege of becoming more and more educated about foster care so that we can bring awareness to families that might be able to be foster parents or maybe you could be the family that bakes a casserole for a foster family or takes you know on the role of carpooling twice a week with a foster family you know that's that's the thing it's like foster care can be a really overwhelming and, and 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 frustrating process to process the fact that children are not with their parents but whether they end up reunited with their biological parents or if they end up their case ends up moving toward adoption they need love every step of the way just as we all need love and we can all be a part of extending that love um and yeah i I think that's just one of the cool things about the beverly's is that it shows all the different ways that you can be a part of extending love to children who are in need we know so many of us listening today will have heard the name Jamie Grace and instantly we're thinking about song lyrics, you know, and, and all these great, this great catalog that you've given to us. Tell us a little bit about the journey from, from music to acting. And I know, I know it's not really a line in the sand that you crossed because of course you started on YouTube. So this, uh, this experience of being on camera is nothing new to you, but how did you sort of take the first steps towards some of these new opportunities? I've always like, and thank you, by the way, those, those are a lot of really nice words. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, like I've always been like really passionate about acting, you know, especially comedic acting. I, I grew up um, so fascinated by Carol Burnett and Amanda Bynes and comedians in general. I just, I loved comedy, even learning about physical comedy. I'm like, like to learn how to like physically throw yourself over a chair and to do it perfectly and make it funny. Like I haven't mastered that yet. I've just injured myself, but it's just, it's so funny. I love it so much. And so like 17 or 18, first gig in the business was a show uh, on TBN called I Shine. And it was a, a kid's comedy. And one of my first scenes that I ever filmed was, I think uh, the, the, the other character, his name was Troy. And he was trying to make like a smoothie or something and it just kept exploding. And I mean, I look back on it and I'm like, whoa, kid, you, you needed like 12 more acting coaches. But it was so much fun to film. And I just, I mean, I caught the bug and I, I've done a few projects over the years, you know, but I haven't gotten to do another show until the Beverly's. And so there were so many elements of it that were like, 
I was like riding a bike, like a hopback one, and I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then there are elements mm. of it where I'm like, oh, this is a little overwhelming. Like this is a little challenging, you know. I was like three months pregnant while we filmed the show, and so I'm like, you know, like trying so hard to like stay awake, like chugging <laughs> like the healthiest of healthy energy drinks, which is literally just a V8 the whole time, you know, we're filming, and it was it was tough, but it was so much fun. Um, and the the other actors made it so easy uh, for it to be fun. So um, so yeah, it was I, I really I really enjoyed it. Especially my scenes with Tommy were were some of the most fun ones to film. He plays the rec- the record label executive that uh, becomes the foster dad to the girls. But my scenes with him were so much fun because he and I are both very loud uh, and crazy. And so just getting to have those scenes like we would do the scenes by the script and then he's one of the writers and so then he'll be like okay just do what you want and i'm like yeah and so that was really fun it does sound like a tremendous amount of fun it really does jamie grace is with us today on the road for faith radio a twice grammy nominated ccm recording artist songwriter and actress from the brand new pure flex production the beverly's there was a faith that, that you grew up with. I wonder, did you buy into faith right away or, or was it more of a process? From as early as I can remember, I was always very fascinated by the story of Jesus and, and the fact that he could choose to love not only me, but just like everybody in the world as, as crazy as we all can be and as imperfect as we are. I was just so fascinated by that. And I was about seven years old when I um, when I made the decision to, to follow Jesus. But I mean, it, it's definitely been... A, con- a continual process, which I think is the essence of what a relationship is. It's the con- consistently growing and, and things like that. I remember like I've, I've always gotten so excited when I learn something new about Jesus or when I read a scripture and I, like I'm doing a study on Proverbs right now. And I, I read Proverbs 17, like a few weeks ago, which was probably the 50th time I've read Proverbs 17 because <laughs> I'm a pastor's kid, but I, I like, I read it and I was like, I got stuff out of it that I'd never seen before. And um, that's just always a really exciting process, you know, and there's definitely, you know, as I'm human, there have been things in my life that have tested my faith and things where, you know, it, it, it felt like it would just be much easier just to give up and not even for me, it's not even been so much giving up on faith, but I'm, I'm a little bit dramatic and I'm just kind of like, I'll just give up on everything and just lie on the floor, you know? (laughs) It's not even so much like, I don't believe in Jesus. It's like, I don't even believe in eating anymore. You know, I just like, I just get so emotional. But like, God is even there in those times, even when I'm being emotional and dramatic. And, um, and he is, you know, still ever present and, and continually pursuing my heart. And um, that's just a really, a really cool thing about the, the mere fact of that it's a relationship is that you really, I don't know, you just, you, to, to, be, to be pursued in that way, but then also to pursue him is just really incredible. Well, you talk about these dual loves, you know, these, this love for Jesus, this love for music that have defined so much of your life. And the love for music exhibited, even as a youngster, you, you singing with your sisters so often. When did you first fall in love with music? Can you look back and remember, was it a moment? Was it a process? You know, being a pastor's kid, I was always around music. Um, my mom's an incredible singer, um, and she had like a tape that she recorded when I was like, we went to the studio with her and I was like eight or nine years old. And she traveled a little bit, but she really slowed down as we became of age because she wanted to be a homeschool mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so that was like, I mean, from an early age, I remember sitting in the studio with my mom when she was recording and sitting on the front row when she was singing at another church, like a local church that she was, you know, asked to 
laughing at. Um, I remember my sister recorded a project when she was maybe 14 or something and uh, or maybe 15 or 16, she's a little older, but um, I took, I was learning to play drums at the time and I took my drumsticks and I stuck them like in my pocket, but I wore a bulky shirt so you couldn't see because I was like, just in case they need me to play drums for the album. Now, granted, I knew like two beats and they were both from Skillet songs and like not at all what my sister was going for. But, you know, I just, the Bible says, be always ready. And so I didn't want to miss my opportunity. So I've always just been like this very much like, just I've always just been ready. Like I've always been ready to sing, ready to go at a drop of a hat. Like my mom would like, we'd meet people in Walmart. Like before the little yodeling kid in Walmart, my mom would be like, sing for him, girl. And I'd be like, ah, just like always, always ready to sing. Because I just, I loved it just for the mere concept of I loved music. But also I remember like, man, I remember being like 79 years old and singing like all my Southern gospel, Babby Mason and Janet Paschal songs at church and just seeing people's faces light up when they would process the lyrics or hear the way that the music, the piano would sound or something. And I was like, man, if, if you can change someone's expression just by changing the way the piano goes, like imagine if you put effort into every part of the song what if you could like change their whole day you know like that would be cool so I just became very fascinated with it at a young age and it kind of hasn't stopped well it shows up too I can't help but think of it when you hear one of your songs come on the radio I mean there's this this effervescence to it it really does it brings you joy it brings you a smile and so that's that's quite intentional when you crafted the songs yeah I mean thank you so much it, it definitely is you know I I I started out making music just thinking about like, you know, like who would listen to it and just like, I don't know, just like wanting to like reach them in, in a good way. Like, man, like just thinking very specifically, like, man, there might be like a girl like me that's going through depression and she's having a really difficult time reaching out and asking for the support that she really feels like she needs. Like what song would she want to hear right now? Um, or there might be a guy that, you know, he is really desiring to be married or desiring to have a family. And yet another holiday is coming up and he feels alone. What does he need to hear right now? Um, and for a little while, I, I feel like I lost that because I, I ended up, everything became very professional for me, if that makes sense. And I was really encouraged and almost instructed to create music that made more sense for wallet instead of heart. Mm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't, that didn't settle well with me. So I kind of like walked away and kind of just sat quietly for a while and tried to refocus and recenter, you know, being home with my husband and my daughter has really helped me refocus. A lot of times in artistry, people think if you're not on tours, if you're not on every radio station, they're like, well, no, you're not successful. It's too quiet. Um, but for me, the quiet has been a good place to start over and a good place to return to writing music specifically for that girl, specifically for that guy, specifically for that family. And um, just really trusting that God is going to carry, um, carry those songs where they need to go. There's one more part of this story that I really wanted to be sure to ask you about, which is that you have, you have lived with Tourette syndrome as well. And I'm wondering yeah. how does that, what does that look like in your life and in what challenges has it presented to you and, and how have you worked to overcome those? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been, you know, a daily struggle. You know, Tourette's is a, 
um, a neurobiological condition that causes tics, which are uncontrollable movements and sounds. And so um, as I've gotten older, you know, I've, I've definitely have found some different coping mechanisms. And um, if anybody out there is listening with Tourette syndrome, you can always like look on my YouTube channel. I have a whole video about this mouthpiece that changed my life. But there are definitely still very, uh, you know, very specific intricacies that I've, that I face on a daily basis with Tourette syndrome, um, OCD, ADHD, and anxiety. And, you know, I have to make the daily choice to like, okay, like, I'm going to go to counseling. I'm going to, you know, be vulnerable with my family. I'm going to, you know, sit down and talk to my husband about the things that sometimes might make me feel really insecure, but like I need to talk to them so that everybody knows what's going on. Um, so definitely choices like that that I make. But then also, I mean, music has been a, a, a lifesaver for me, you know, being able to sit down at a piano or with a guitar, being able to write, being being vulnerable has changed my life. You know, I remember being a teenage girl and being at one of the most challenging uh, parts of depression and anxiety. And I remember hearing the testimony of Tammy Trent um, at a conference called the Revolve Tour. And I remember sitting there and just weeping and thinking, you know, as she shared the story of when her husband passed away, something that me as a, as a high school girl, I obviously had never experienced. But I remember sitting there and thinking, if she can be vulnerable enough to share her pain with Jesus, to be honest with herself, and to be honest with us, and it's changing my life, then what if I can do the same thing? And so vulnerability and honesty, I mean, have been such a significant part of my healing and my growth. Um, and I just, I pray that, you know, through the good stuff and the bad stuff that I face, you know, obviously it's, it's not about like, you know, oh, how vulnerable can you be in an Instagram post? Like it's not about that specifically, but it is about like how vulnerable can you be with your life and what God is doing with your life? Um, and I just, I just try to do that on a daily basis. And um, and just really hope that God uses that. Well, he has, and he continues to do just that today. Jamie Grace, a twice Grammy-nominated CCM recording artist, songwriter, and actress from the brand-new Pureflix production, The Beverly's, has been with us today. Jamie, uh, we know that you are all over social media. You have a really awesome following there. If people want to learn more about the show and about you, where are the best places to start? Yeah, I mean, The Beverly's airs weekly um, on Pureflix, and it's, I mean, it's a really fun show for young girls, but also just for families in general. I, I really think that it's something that families will really benefit from. My husband is, you know, definitely like a grown man and was like cracking up <laughs> laughing on set because um, there are <laughs> some really great moments. Um, and then for me, you know, Jamie Grace, I'm Jamie Grace H on Instagram. Um, but you can also find me on YouTube and Twitter and, and Facebook, all that stuff. Just type in Jamie Grace and, 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 and there, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie. Well, we so appreciate your humor, your heart, your music. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're so busy with the new arrivals. So thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, not a problem. I really enjoyed being with you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. But as a girl, I made my choice There is no other way for me I'm devoted to you
face on the heavy days You're the warmth of an autumn blaze Your love carries me away And it's never too soon, no And this world may push me poor But your mercy never fails You need a follow Your hands hold my tomorrow Your grip, your grace You know the way you got Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.